Rachel Hampton. And I'm Candace Slim, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And would you say this week was momentous, Rachel? Because this week, it fell on the most important date of the Gregorian calendar. Are you talking about uh, National Boyfriend Day mm. or maybe National Chili Month? Mm. Maybe the day that the iCarly reboot got canceled? Close. Very close. <laughs> I am talking about October 3rd, the day unto which Aaron Samuels asked Katie Heron, what day is it in the movie? Mean Girls. Now, Rachel, I actually don't think I've ever asked you this. Was Mean Girls like a big part of your film canon? Like, do you watch it every year or anything like that? I feel like if you are of a certain generation, Mean Girls was just kind of a pivotal text. I feel yeah. like it is the kind of quotable text that super bad is for a certain mm. generation of men. I cannot count the amount of time I've seen Mean Girls because it's also one of those movies that's constantly rerunning on oh, cable. yeah. All to say, I could probably quote most of this movie if you ask me to. So um, I would say it's a big part of my film canon, despite my general distaste for Tina Fey. <laughs> but October 3rd does seem to be a big rewatch date for a lot of people. In fact, did you see that Paramount uploaded the whole movie, like the entire like 90 minutes of Mean Girls to TikTok to celebrate October 3rd? Whoa. Okay, first off, how is that legal? But second, did you learn nothing from Quibi? Oh, okay. <laughs> what happened, Rachel? Paramount uploaded Mean Girls in 23 parts, and they posted it on TikTok for one day only. And it's not necessarily wild to see a studio or a network to post a random clip from Young Sheldon or Yellow Jackets as, like, promotional material. Like, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of the clips of Bridgerton I've seen were right. actually made by Netflix, even uh-huh. if it doesn't say Netflix on it. I think Shonda thought of that. But... <laughs> I've also definitely watched the entirety of Vampire Night broken up into 14 parts on like YouTube and stuff. So this is not a new phenomenon. Would this have worked on you? Would you have seen, you know, that first clip uploaded from Paramount and been like, yeah, let me watch 23 parts of Mean Girls on TikTok? (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Because honestly, if I wanted to watch Mean Girls, I mean, it's like on YouTube right now for free with ads. And I'd rather watch it with those ads than on my phone for an hour, 47 minutes or so. I do have to raise a question that I just asked, which is, is this legal at all? Because like, do the writers, directors, producers, actors of Mean Girls, do they get any money or like any cut of this when it goes up on TikTok? I mean, probably not. I mean, the thing is, people do pirate content like this. Like, they'll post chunks of a movie online or in pieces. Or I've seen people live stream straight from the theater or from their, you know, Apple TV at home. Do you remember mm-hmm. when people would, like, post whole scenes from Barbie on Twitter even before it hit video on demand? Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally remember someone uploading the whole entire Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I kind of love when people do that especially when they add their own like commentary, like, whoa, for real? Dang. It's like, it's like watching it with Roger Ebert, like right in my AirPods. Mm-hmm. And 
Pirating as a concept is really hard to control or stop. And I've also said on this podcast that sometimes pirating might just be the ethical thing to do when studios Mm -hmm. just disappear content. But it also doesn't surprise me that given this, studios and streamers have decided to join the trend and just post full movies or full TV episodes onto social media for free. For example, Peacock as a platform is really into this. They posted the season five premiere of the U.S. version of Love Island on TikTok. Um, That Craig Robinson show, Killing It, they posted the whole pilot also on TikTok. And I bring both of these shows up because... They were posted during the Writers Guild of America strike. So there were some questions like the one that you just raised, which is, is this allowed? Also, if this is legal, is it going against strike rules? Yeah. And I'm asking those same questions, too, because sometimes if you have a streaming service like Peacock, which doesn't have as many subscribers as like Netflix, let's say, then You, as a creator, might be cool with them uploading your pilot onto YouTube. Like, hey, at least people can watch it. Maybe I can gain an audience there. That's great. I mean, I remember when the creators of Southside went on the Good One podcast, and they talked about how Comedy Central posted their pilot on YouTube, and it was the only way they could know what actual viewers felt about the show and, like, what moments were actually funny, because up until that point... All they had were like studio notes and critics jumping in, but they just wanted to know how people really felt. So there is some value in doing this. But that being said, people did get mad about Mean Girls being posted on TikTok because it happened right after the Writers Guild reached an agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, thereby ending the strike. And one of the biggest line items that the Writers Guild was fighting for was a reformed residual system. We've talked about this before, but if you take Suits, for example, which we just talked about, it is the number one show on streaming this summer. But despite all these billions of minutes, like literally billions of minutes streamed, Patrick Adams doesn't make what he would for reruns on broadcast networks. So many actors post about basically making pennies on the dollar for streaming for shows that that they make real royalties for when they air on regular television. But back to Mean Girls, TikTok isn't technically a streaming platform. It's not Quibi. So a lot of people saw Paramount posting Mean Girls as a kind of workaround to the residual system. Mm, Yeah, I saw this writer from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Van Robichaux, tweet about how they had some qualms because they were talking about how, like, if they posted the whole movie in one post, they'd have to pay a residual to the cast and writer and director. But by breaking it up, they might be able to go around that. Now, Now, the LA Times brought this up and they went to Paramount for a comment and a Paramount spokesperson did clarify that talent will be paid residuals for using Mean Girls on TikTok. And importantly for this conversation, Paramount has now taken down all 23 parts of Mean Girls from TikTok. It's obvious this was all kind of like a marketing strategy to celebrate October 3rd, especially because Paramount is currently working on a movie based on the musical Mean Girls. So it's a reboot based on a reboot. Uh-huh. And it's coming out next year. Uh-huh. And we're all so excited for it. <laughs> but unfortunately, Paramount probably sees this as a success because before the 23 parts went up, the official Mean Girls TikTok account had around 700 followers, which is less than I have on Instagram, not to <clears throat> to Flex. my own horn. Now, though... 
it has more than 154,000. So Mean Girls is off TikTok. But the real Mean Girls are still out there in society, in the streets. Because I don't know about you, Rachel, but I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok talking about gossip. Like, they'll be at brunch and someone the next table over is gossiping about someone in their life. And the tea is so hot that this person must go to TikTok and relay the story. Then they'll end the video, like their door of the explore, and be like, okay, TikTok, we need your help to go find out who Sarah is. First off, free labor, no thanks. But second, I don't like the sound of this. Same. This has been one of my pet peeves for the past six months. Um, You have heard me screeching about this in many a meeting about how TikTok is turning average viewers and average content creators into cops Mm. and narcs Mm. and surveillance freaks, like a fucking ring doorbell sponsored by Amazon. So... Today, we're going to talk about recording vent sessions you are not involved in and how it not only ruins the sanctity of gossip, but it also ruins the expectations of reasonable privacy in a TikTok-thirsty world. Mm -hmm. And later, we're going to break down a recent scandal that involves a minister, an eviction notice, and say yes to the dress. All that and more after the break. Hey, y'all, if you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. You will also be supporting the show. ICYMI would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Mom and Dad are Fighting, and Big Mood, Little Mood. We are testing out some plus segments for ICYMI, so soon you might get some from ICYMI, but only if you subscribe. You will also get with your Slate Plus subscription unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash plus. And we're back to talk about something that's been around since Mesopotamia. Gossip. Yes, the Rosetta Stone was actually basically a Real Housewives confessional, if you think Uh about it. Uh Before we get into this, I want to start off by asking you, philosopher Candace, (laughs) ethicist, Mm -hmm. is gossip good? Do you think gossip is inherently good or bad? I personally think gossip is good. I think gossip is the way that women have kind of fed each other notes, let's say, around the office of like, who's a creep? Who should you not work for? How do you make sure Doug doesn't steal your idea and take credit for it? I think we've used it to help each other. But I do think gossip gets a bad rap for probably two reasons. The first one being I think gossip is seen as negative. It's seen as like talking badly about someone and saying stuff that you wouldn't say to their face. But I think gossip is actually supposed to be like a neutral term, like parasocial relationships is supposed to be a neutral term. Everyone has parasocial relationships, you know, all the way back to like FDR. Okay, and I think it's just that we only use that term when we talk about stance crossing the line. So this is like John Mulaney and his divorce. This is Club Chalamet. And I also think going back to gossip, 
gossip is often seen as something only women do. And it's like, I'm sorry. What do you think Leo and Tobey Maguire are talking about in the club? You think they're talking about gas prices? The migrant crisis? No, they're probably spilling tea. You are so right. I mean, what are sports betting rumors but gossip for men? I basically agree with you. I have said here on this podcast, I've said on other podcasts, including normal gossip, that I love gossip. Even when gossip Mm -hmm. serves no real function, because I think a lot of people kind of justify it with like, this is how we protect ourselves from bad men. And I'm like, yes, so true. We love a whisper network. Clap, 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 clap. I actually don't even really need a moral good to happen for me to enjoy gossip. It's literally just the way that we exist in a society. And it has been since the days that people were saying ooga booga or whatever the fuck the, 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 whatever they're called. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, ants, you know, those ants, they gossip too. They kind of they meet do. up and they link up and they go and they say there's some bread over there. You should mm-hmm. get some bread. What What do you think that is? It's exactly. Gossip. It's gossip. It's yeah. just fun. I love gossip. I will literally take any gossip at any given moment. It's so fun. But some people seem not to enjoy the finer things in life. And have to turn everything into a fucking morality play. Like, it's fucking Oedipus Rex. (laughs) So, I want to bring you this video from 2021. And it's someone with the user DrewBidooBidoo talking about someone named Marissa. I hate to be the one to stick my nose where it doesn't belong. But if your name's Marissa, please listen up. I just walked by your friends and I need to tell you that the weekend you're away is not the only time that they could do their birthday party. They are choosing to do it the weekend you're away, and you need to know. TikTok, help me find Marissa. So, important note a few things here. Drew does not know Marissa. He was simply passing by a group of friends in New York City talking about a person named Marissa. And he was like, you know, here in my little head, I spy with my little eyes something nefarious. Mm, Apparently they were planning a birthday party that intentionally would not work for Marissa Because they didn't want her to be there. Yes. And he basically sicks the internet on these people and says, go find Marissa. Fly, my pretties. (laughs) And did they find Marissa? They did. Because the internet is powerful. And people are nosy bitches. Mm -hmm. Somehow, even though Drew had about 40 followers at the time of this video, the TikTok made its rounds and Marissa saw it. Marissa got in contact with Drew and he verified some information with her. Do her friends hang out in that part of New York? Yes. Is Marissa going out of town on Memorial Day weekend? Yes. Does one of your friends happen to have a birthday on Memorial Day weekend? Yes. So basically, these gossipy girls, they got got. Ugh. Oh, geez. And I do feel bad for Marissa for sure. But I got to ask, like, how did this play out? Honestly, This might be the best thing that ever happened, Marissa, because Marissa made a business out of this. She made a social club called No More Lonely Friends, and they basically do meetups for people who want to hang out. And she became like the hero of the Internet. But I was thinking about this video and this specific news cycle, because recently another gossip TikTok has been making the rounds. And it starts, as it usually does, with a woman. 
And a woman, she was sitting at brunch, and she overhears the table next to her talking about a wedding that they were just at. And this was a table of bridesmaids having what I feel like sounds like a pretty normal debrief. They were talking about their dresses. They were talking about the flowers. They were talking about the bride. But according to this random observer, the conversation got, quote unquote, sinister. Main girl, the blonde, she was kind of the ringleader of this dynamic. And she was talking about how she felt so ugly on her day. And it was so unfair that the day of her friend's wedding that she was in was all about her, the bride, and not about the bridesmaids. And this two and a half minute fucking video keeps going. Because not only did this girl over here, she basically took like encyclopedic notes which yeah. is loser behavior, I have to say. <laughs> According to this person, the bridesmaids, they didn't feel beautiful. They didn't like their dresses. They didn't like that they had to wear their hair up when they normally wear it down. They were going through the photos and talking about how they faked their smiles when the bride first showed them her dress. It doesn't sound like they had a good time, but it also doesn't sound like they ruined the wedding. It sounds right. like they were like, let's put on a little happy face for our friend who we love and adore, even though we think her taste is a little bit tacky. And they were talking about her tacky taste without her there. But this woman who overhears this, she ends this video with like a call to action, let's say. Anyway, if you just got married and your color scheme was like blush and you have two blonde friends with short bobs and you have a brunette friend, don't be friends with them anymore. Oof. More like call to break up with your girlfriends, okay? Mm -hmm. Look, I remember when you told us about this video, which, by the way, has been viewed over 2.3 million times, and we are going to get into the unhinged specifics of it, but I did want to bring some context to this video because... This was posted by Kelsey Kotzer, who is an NYC-based fashion influencer. She has like 178,000 followers, and I recognized her name because I go on this subreddit called NYC Influencer Snark. And people talk about her a lot, a lot. So she's not a random person. She, like, makes content for a living. But Rachel, back to this video. What were your initial thoughts? Two words already set them loser behavior like <laughs> i'm so sorry when i overhear a juicy conversation in public i immediately go to my little group chat and i'm like bitches you will not believe what i just overheard i don't mm. go to the internet to try to get some random fucking person canceled because i don't care what anyone says we have seen west thumb caleb we have seen right Outside. we have seen marissa we know what the fuck is going to happen when we post videos like this on tiktok we know that people are going to get harassed. Like, we're not just going to find the bride. The people who had the conversation are then going to be found, and they're going to be harassed and doxxed, and people are going to try to get them fucking fired. And I just think that's fucking narc behavior. For what? They didn't even do anything wrong. It sounds like they were very nice to their friend during the tacky wedding. And that's all you can ask from your friends when you throw a tacky wedding. Exactly. And I will also say, if you think this is what your bridesmaids are saying, what do you think your guests are saying? This, to me, just screams unsolicited advice. Like, by the way, guys, the wedding is over. The wedding happened. You don't know these bridesmaids. You don't know this bride. Why do you need to get involved with a friend group that you have no stakes in? Also. This brunch was in London. You live in New York. Do not pull a Carmen San Diego here. To wreak havoc across the oceans. Deport. Fucked up. <laughs> Christopher Columbus could never. I mean, he did. And he did worse. 
the thing is, <laughs> this pisses me off on so many levels, and I've already said most of the levels, but it really is also just like to be gifted such a beautiful bit of gossip and to not share it in the spirit of, <laughs> I heard some messy shit. I can't believe it. And to enjoy in the gossip as you should, but to use it to hunt out someone, it's weird. Also, right. it's just weird to be basically taking notes on someone's fucking private conversation. Just because you're in public does not mean that people do not have the right to privacy when they're having a conversation that doesn't fucking involve you. Also, one more thing, if it's so fucking heinous, if it's so fucking sinister, why don't you walk your little ass over there and be like, why are you talking shit about your friends? You want to know why? Because you are a coward and a loser. Yeah. And Rachel, I think you and your anger are so valid here because my thing, too, is that Kelsey, you know, as stated, she's mainly a fashion influencer. You know, she's got brand deals. This is her job. Therefore, I'm not really sure why she needed to post this video. You know, think back to Drew, okay? Drew and Marissa. Drew, he only had like 40 followers and then he blew up. He went viral. That video was probably like the catalyst for something else, perhaps an influencer career, whatever. But let's say Emily Ratajkowski, okay? Let's say Emrata posted a TikTok spilling tea about some random non-famous person she sat next to at a cafe. Like, I would just think, aren't you too big for this like I don't know if you're trying to do this in the name of being a girl's girl and you're trying to like make sure that all brides cut off their toxic friends but this is not about you so I go to Kelsey and I think you don't really need to go viral you don't need to use other people's gossip to gain whatever following you already have so please go back to mattress coupon codes Truly. And the common thread between all of these videos, there's one we didn't even fucking mention where some woman is sitting outside of honestly what looks like a Chipotle, but who knows. <laughs> and she's overhearing some group of girls talking shit about their friend who apparently got a little drunk and mm. didn't have any underwear on and perhaps got too high on a table mm. and was, you know, pussy face in the world. There you Which, go. Which, if you want to do it, you want to do it. But like, I'm sorry, if my girl did that, I'd also be like, that was fucking crazy, wasn't it? But she's like, we have to find this girl. These, your girls are fucking gossiping about you. How dare you? And then she runs after them and it's just like, I'm going to tell on you. And that's the fucking thing. Like the phrase I'm going to tell on you is not only loser behavior. It is little sibling behavior. It is snitches get stitches behavior. <laughs> it is just so fucking annoying. The thing about gossip is you don't ever really want the gossip to get back to the person that you're gossiping right. about. That's not right. the point of gossip. The point of gossip is to vent. It is to let out steam. It is to say the mean thing in your head that you don't want to say to your friend because you love your friend, but like needs to be said or else it's going to be rattling around your head like a fucking pinball machine. Right. But these bitches are not gossips. They're tattletales. And I thought we fucking got rid of that in fucking middle school. No one likes a tattletale. Same. Man, and this idea of, like, gossiping versus tattletales, you know, Alex Abad Santos from Vox, I see why am I previous guest, he wrote about this TikTok trend and how it's one issue for these video creators to, like, eavesdrop, record, and then post about complete strangers that were in public. And these strangers probably had a reasonable expectation that they wouldn't get their dirt aired out. But as users, we 
are also part of the problem because, you know, we're partaking in the gossip. We're denouncing. So we're talking about Sarah and Marissa and a random bride as if they're people we know. And there's this like illusion of, oh, we should help them. We care. But I don't really think that's the core purpose of these videos. I think it's about having something juicy, putting it on the biggest platform possible, seeing if it gets you followers and views and possibly a little meet and greet with Hoda on the Today Show. I just don't think this guise of altruism is working in these content creators' favor anymore. And I don't know, like, how do you feel about just what this says about gossip in 2023? Like, do you think people should be allowed to gossip in public? It's America. It's a free country. Of course, I should be allowed to gossip in public. I think that any fool with a phone should not be allowed to pull it out and record me and have my private conversations aired out. I don't want to be at brunch with my girls two espresso martinis in, feeling a little loose, feeling a little happy. And I decided to gossip about one of my coworkers. And then two seconds later, I see it on TikTok. That's fucked up. I don't understand how we have gotten to a place where the fucked up thing is gossiping and the fucked up thing is not people basically recording other people's conversations and putting them online. That used to be considered weird. That used to be weird. And it should still be weird. Exactly. And it just once again brings me back to my own tenet that gossip is good and people should be allowed to gossip at their local Chipotle, okay, without someone the next table over in the Panera Bread side recording them behind their pick two without permission. Like, I have to say, this is probably what it feels like to be a celebrity at Carbone and being like, okay, who here is going to report me to Dumois? I'm, I'm ready for it. And, you know, there is a reason non-famous people exist. It's because they don't want to deal with that, and they should not. And importantly, when you're famous, you at least get money from being famous. Like, the point of being famous is that there's some benefit to it. But I'm being treated like a famous person, and I'm still fucking paying regular people taxes? (laughs) That's crazy. So that's where we're going to land on the topic of gossip. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a pretty juicy story that is circulating social media. And it has to do with a scamming minister named LaShonda after a break. And we're back. Before the break, we had a heated philosophical debate about the merits of gossip. And now we're here to gossip. The full circle moment in Ouroboros of gossip, if you will. We are here to tell the sordid tale of boutique owner Rashonda Lisa Lockhart and her wife Lashonda, who is a life coach, author, and minister. It's a lot of a lot of things to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to admit that I wasn't really following the story, but the broad strokes, as I understand them, they involve alleged fraud, eviction notices. Mm-hmm. And also, TLC, say yes to the dress? Yes, ma'am, it does. And don't worry, Candace, because I watched what felt like an hour-long TikTok live broken (laughs) into 17 different parts on Twitter more than once. So I am now basically an expert in these two people whose names I just heard for the first time this week. Buckle in, because it's a wild ride. Yeehaw, I am ready. Rachel, (laughs) take it home. Who are our characters? So first we have a protagonist, Rashonda Lias Lockhart, who, as I mentioned, owned the boutique. It is called All is Fair in Love and Fashion. 
Uh, I'm going to read a bit from their website. <clears throat> Quote, what started as a Facebook mega page with followers from all around the world has now morphed into a fashion movement to give consumers fabulous, fabulous is in all caps, <laughs> fabulous products at an affordable price point. And are the products capital fabulous? Yeah. 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 They sell everything from like a Mattel sponsored Barbie collection to sweatshirts with Donald Trump's mugshot on them to $1,500 tickets to a four day business retreat this month in Atlanta. It's a real, real jamboree of items. I'm sure you can find a lot of things on this website. And the thing is, it seems fairly successful. Rashonda's IG page has about 300,000 followers while her TikTok page has just over 2 million. Mm, and what kind of content does she post on TikTok? It's kind of very typical lifestyle fashion influencer content, like this Get Ready With Me video. I'm back with another Get Ready With Me while I talk about things I've always wanted to tell my parents. First up, I would like to say on the weekends, when Friday comes after dealing with teachers and adults all week long, did you honestly think I wanted to go over to your sister's or brother's house and deal with them or their kids? No. But it's mixed with this funny observational humor, like this video about the shift that is coming <laughs> to her local Waffle House. Oh, let me calm down. There is a shift happening that nobody is paying attention to, okay? I'm driving. I have an overwhelming urge to go to the bathroom, okay? I got to pee. So I'm like, let me pull over into the local Waffle House, fully expecting for it to be the Waffle House that we have come accustomed to. But let me tell you about this shift, honey. Number one, they got an A. And you all already know that I don't trust a Waffle House unless it's a B minus or C. So I said, let me investigate further. The menus were not sticky. They were clean and wiped off. Now, I haven't been in a Waffle House bathroom since 1998. And I didn't know about this hook on this door. But wait, I'm not done. Not only was the bathroom clean, they had cranberry ice hand and body wash. This right here took me over the edge. Her family makes frequent appearances in her content, including her daughters and her wife, LaShondra. Here's them moving one of her daughters into her college apartment, and the on-screen caption reads, this is what happens when one of your parents is a property manager. Y'all look at babe, working. Paint over that, and you don't want to be charged for that once it's all said and done. All the way around, Demacia. Babe, what? What are you doing? I'm trying to get, so because they didn't give her a check-in list, so she needs to write all this down. We're not going to be charging this. You see all of this right here? Take a picture, zoom in, take pictures of that, and even on the ceiling. Okay, so far this just seems like typical kind of influencer stuff. Therefore, Rachel, where? Where's the fraud I was promised? Patience, Candace. <laughs> Patience. So, Rashonda's wife is LaShondra, and along with being a property manager, LaShondra is... um a life coach, and a minister, as mm. I said before. If you listen to our episode with Jay Marie, the host of The Dream, about the MLM to life coach pipeline, you can maybe see where this is going. But before it goes there, LaShondra and Rashonda are a beloved TikTok couple, which when you look at them makes sense. They've been married since 2017. 
They're this Black queer couple with a beautiful blended family. They're proving that being Christian and being Southern and even being a minister isn't synonymous with the kind of type of bigotry we've come to expect with those, you know, categories of people. LaShondra is a TikToker in her own right with just under half a million followers who would tune in to hear her chronicles of being a property manager or her devotionals like this one from this past Tuesday. James 1 verses 2 through 4 say this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It comes a time in our life as Christians, as people of God, that we will face adversity. And I've come to this place in my life where I understand that even in adversity, I need to be grateful. Because that is an opportunity for us to grow. That is an opportunity for us to to gain perseverance and develop a closer relationship with God. There are parts of us that God is definitely developing and, and, and much of that development comes from pushing through hard times. It's during this time that you just want to thank God for strength, strength that develops, strength that helps us to keep hope in God. So I don't know what you're going through, but even in this time, God is there. Be grateful for the adversity that you may be facing. Be grateful for the challenges. Now, tell me, Candace, you've been in a church before, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. You, you can usually probably glean what a minister is going through based on the, the things they're telling you. What do you think is going on in LaShondra's life based on this, this devotional, Candace? Okay, I'm getting the sense that LaShondra might be going through some strife. Okay, some mm-hmm. trials, some, some tribulations, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you'd be correct. Except you might not, you might not know from her tone that Lashandra is not just going through trials and tribulations. She is the cause. And she is the trial and tribulation to her soon-to-be ex-wife, <gasps> Rashonda. I oh. know, I know, I know. Earlier this week, Rashonda goes on TikTok Live. And Rashonda has a lot to say. And none of it is good. I watched all 17 parts of this TikTok live that was uploaded to Twitter because I am dedicated to my craft, Mm. because I am a scholar of gossip, because I am a nosy bitch who loves drama. Amen. I mean, tell me what happened, Rachel. Okay, well, first, let's go to the source herself. Let me let Rashonda tell you what happened. August 30th, I'm backing out of the driveway, me and Jayla. Jayla says, Mama... What's that on the front door? I said, I don't know. We get out, go get it off the door. It's a fucking eviction notice. <gasps> Not an eviction notice. Mm-hmm. And that gasp, that was also Rashonda's reaction. <laughs> she calls her wife and is like, yo, what the fuck is this? Because I know for a damn fact that I gave you rent money. I gave you my half. LaShondra's like, babe, I don't know. It must be a mistake. So this is Labor Day weekend. And Rashonda's freaking out because she has two gigs in Atlanta that week that she has to go to. But she's like, I have an eviction notice back home in Kentucky. Rashonda's like, my stomach is killing me. I'm so stressed. And as an IBS girly, 
I get it. Mm-hmm. The mind gut connection is powerful. Mm-hmm. But Rashonda powers through. She does her gigs in Atlanta. She goes back home to Kentucky on September 5th, expecting her wife to have, you know, attempted to get them not evicted, as you might expect. But Lashandra's like, oh, I haven't heard from them. Them being the couple that they rent from. A couple that follows them on social media. Oh my God. Can you imagine your landlord following you on Instagram? I was having some issues with my landlord and I literally stopped myself from tweeting because I was so scared of this fact. (laughs) Terrifying. Mm But Rashonda's like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm back. I'm going to handle it. The next day, she goes to the leasing office, and the leasing agent is like, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, but this is the third time a check for rent has bounced. We have to evict you. And Rashonda is like, huh. Well, mm, that's interesting because I sent the rent money to Lashandra on August 15th. Where that money go? Also, the third time, the third, the third. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, I mean, she didn't know about the other checks bouncing at all. No, no. Here's a snippet from the live where she describes being in the rental office, learning about this. This is me, September sixth, sitting across from this man in the rental office, telling me this. Okay. I'm in tears. Why? Because y'all already know my story. I've already been homeless. How am I homeless with money in the bank? So I asked the man, I say, what do you need me to do right now, sir? Oh, my God. Okay, right? Rashonda says later in the live that this is very triggering to her, not least because it's a very stressful situation to go through, but also because she was homeless before, because her mother gambled away all of her money. So I can only imagine how like re-traumatizing this is. She is like trying to get things fixed. She's like, what can I do to prevent us from getting evicted? And the leasing agent is like, okay, I need September rent. And Rashonda's like, bet. She goes, she pulls basically all the money she earned in Atlanta out to cover rent. And the leasing agent is like, you know, thank you, but I'm just going to be honest. They still might not let you stay after this because this isn't the first time the landlords have had to file eviction on you. What? Mm-hmm. Once again, you and Rashonda are in the same place because Rashonda's like, what do you mean? I've never heard of this. I don't know her. And she's like, you know what? Okay, cool. Let me know what the landlords say. And going forward, can you include me in these conversations? Because up until this point, LaShondra's been handling on the rental conversations since she's a property manager. And you know, if I was married to a property manager, I would also think, yeah, they handle the rental conversation. Right. You know what's supposed to be happening here. You're going to make sure I don't get scammed unless you're the scammer yourself. <sighs> so... Rashonda would send her half of the monthly rent every month. And as one does with their spouse, trust that the rent money is going towards rent. Uh, and the leasing agent is just like, cool, I can include you on the conversations going forward. He texts her later that day and is like, listen, I'm sorry. The money you gave us, we appreciate it. The, the owners still want to evict you. You have until the end of the month to vacate the premises or it's going on your credit report. At this point, Rashonda's like, in the live. And she's like, oh yeah, by the way, speaking of credit report, well, right after I flew to Atlanta, 
right after we got this eviction notice, LaShondra texts me and is just like, hey, babe, by the way, I know we're getting evicted, but I also defaulted on a <laughs> loan that you co-signed me oh for. Oh, my God. Not the co-sign. I know. And Rashonda's like, I normally do not co-sign for anything. I don't even co-sign for my goddamn kids. And you defaulted? So Rashonda's dealing with an eviction notice, a loan in default. And also the sewer and water bill for the property she's being evicted from is 90 days past due. (laughs) So Rashonda's understandably angry. She's stressed. And she also needs to get out because she has to fly to New York for Fashion Week for some gigs because my girl is booked and busy. Mm -hmm. She's getting her money. Where that money is going, once she gives it to her wife, we still don't know. (laughs) And you know what? She's like, I'm mad. I'm angry. It's been 48 hours since I learned that I am being evicted from my home. And she's like, I'm just not going to talk to you, you being her wife, LaShondra, who we still have not learned where the money went. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not talking to you right now because I'm mad. And I might say something I I might regret. So I'm just not going to talk to you right now. And I'm going to take my ass to New York and I'm going to come back. We're going to figure this out. But LaShondra is not taking, she's not taking that. I said, LaShondra, my mama gambled away my money and I ended up homeless, okay? Living in Louisville, Kentucky. And I didn't speak to my mama for over a year. You want me to speak to you after 48 hours, less than 48 hours of finding out that we didn't evicted? Are you dumb? I'm not talking to you. So she then When I said, LaShondra, I don't want to talk to you because I'm going to say something that I may regret. Don't you know that LaShondra then left her ass over into my face, nose to nose, talking about you going to talk to me? Oh, my God. I mean, the way I am on the edge of my seat. I also just wanted to mention something. There is something very uncanny and funny about um, watching this via TikTok live because you know, the way gifting works with the platform. We've talked about NPCs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout her story, people will kind of just like throw random stickers on her face. And mm-hmm. so like you'll randomly see just like a baseball cap or you'll see like a golden microphone pop up mm-hmm. as she's talking about possibly experiencing homelessness. That's how you know the year we're living in. You know, it's uh-huh. time stamped. Yeah. No, it really is. And the thing is, those people are giving her money because all of that is worth money. So it, it right. actually is helpful, but it's just really weird to yeah. see a pair of emoji sunglasses appear on a woman's face that she's just like, I don't think I know the person I married. Yeah, it's like, um, remember in the pandemic, the lawyer who did Zoom court and he yes, became a cat. a cat. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. So Rashonda's telling her story. Sunglasses are appearing, microphones are appearing, and in this moment, she's like, get the fuck out of my face, do you want to die? Um, They avoid getting into a physical altercation, but Rashonda's understandably pissed and upset, and from here, shit just kind of snowballs. She goes to Fashion Week, and it's at this point in the live, in the TikTok live, where she really just starts to go off. I'm sorry. Starts to go off? Starts? Starts. This is the beginning. Rashonda reveals this isn't the first time that she has left her wife. 
She had left for a few days earlier in their marriage because LaShondra brings home this coffee table. And LaShondra's <laughs> like, oh, my mom gave this to us. And Rashonda's like, all right, cool, cute. A little while later, she gets a little knock, knock, knock at the door. The table's getting repossessed by Rena Sinner. Oh, this is an episode of Southside. No. <laughs> and Rashonda is like, what the fuck? I can afford 10, 20, 30 coffee tables. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we getting our fucking coffee table repossessed? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? And as Rashonda's telling her bestie about this, her friend is like, hey, so uh, your wife borrowed $1,000 from me and said it was for your wedding dress. But Rashonda immediately disputes this claim because not only did Rashonda's dad pay for her dress, they were on say yes to the dress. Stop. I know. She's like, do you think Kleinfeld would have let me walk out with that dress on credit? What? No. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this is even the worst offense because Rashonda says that LaShondra, as a property manager, has been collecting rent from tenants in Section 8 federal housing and putting it in her personal bank account. Whoa. Which allegedly is a crime. Allegedly, yeah. (laughs) Allegedly. Rashonda says that LaShondra allegedly stole money from the church she used to work at. Rashonda says that LaShondra even talks shit about Rashonda's children. <gasps> Not the children. The children. <laughs> <laughs> Rashonda says a lot more on this live, which again was over half an hour long and yeah. I watched multiple times and it almost immediately goes viral because if there's one thing the internet and specifically black TikTok and black Twitter will get involved in, it is a scamming story. There is mm. nothing we love more. And the thing is at this point, Rashonda is basically saying LaShondra is a scammer and is speculating that LaShondra targeted her specifically to worm her way into her life and to take advantage of her because before this couple met, LaShondra didn't have a passport. She hadn't been out the country before. Rashonda's like, you built your platform off of me. You didn't have shit before I came along. And now you are stealing from me and everyone I know. And I'm getting evicted. It's giving Tinder swindler. It's giving Tabby Swiper. Exactly. And that's pretty much how the internet reacts to it. They are recap videos. The audacity of this woman to lie, steal, scam, cheat and get exposed by her wife, and she still comes on TikTok to have Tuesday devotion. LaSandra. There are people watching LaSandra's devotional videos that she is still putting out. People start digging up old videos from LaSandra's page that demonstrate LaSandra being super cheap with money that we are beginning to suspect and possibly know isn't even her hers Mm. it's just a whole mess and everyone has the same question where is the money uh lashandra where is that money y'all been locked into the tea baby i've been locked into the tea i've been watching every video that lady been stealing money you mean to tell me your wife wasn't paying the bills and y'all ain't got yourselves evicted ray shonda better than me because i would have whooped that whole ass on live begging for cash apps Asking for for money from your friends, loved ones behind closed doors. Stealing money out of the pulpit like a regular pastor. Not only are you going to hell, you're going to jail. Lock her up. 
But first things first, I got to know what you've been spending that money on. Because if it wasn't paying the bills, if it wasn't paying for a new wardrobe, the hell was you spending that money on? And where is the money? All right. That is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday. So please subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss some gossip that you can tell your friends about in public. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICY minus four pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, why is everyone being a fucking narc? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Slim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or on October 3rd.